up to the vibe good morning Doug it's so nice to have you here with us this morning good morning Dale oh happy Monday everybody there's Keith trailing in they're trailing in on this Monday morning let's get this party started hey, special thank you to uh, Jason Adamo and Doug Castine for joining me on the show on Friday. Fantastic show. If you didn't get a chance to listen, uh, you might want to. Some great music happened here on Wake Up to the Vibe with uh, Jason Adamo. He's doing a fantastic job. They're promoting their new CD called Looking Glass. And what a crazy week it's been. And, yes, we are off to a good start. We have some announcements we're going to make later on. I do have a special guest here this morning. And if I could ask you, if you're uh, in the room, to please type your comments. And uh, <laughs> Keith, that's pretty funny. Yes, somebody please go check on Sherry. You guys beat her here this morning. Uh, but if you could, you know, type your comments. If you have a pet, I want to know about it. My guest is going to want to know about it. So uh, uh, we're going to ask that you could. You can also type in your questions there, and then we'll go back after the show. I'll ask my guests to visit the room and uh, answer any questions that you might have. Because this, this show here is for the pet lovers. So hold on one sec. We are going to have a good time today. Always good information here on Waking Up to the Vibe. Uh, that's for sure. And bringing on my special guest is a featured writer for Dogs Naturally magazine. Uh, she's been featured on the CBS Early Show and in numerous books and magazines. The list was very long. Uh, she's been featured in numerous books and magazines. A veterinarian with a holistic approach as compared to traditional medicine. Please welcome Dr. Marcy Follett. Good morning, doctor. How are you this Good morning? Good morning. Very well. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me here this morning. It's I've my got pleasure to bring some good information to your viewers. Oh, super excited, super excited. So why don't we just dive right in, if you don't mind. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that I, you know, I was watching your videos yesterday. Yeah. And I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by uh, the whole holistic approach to medicine for humans. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I, I find myself reading up on it as it pertains to pets, which is what brings you to the show. Uh, can you kind of just give me a background, uh, if you could, of yourself and what brought you from the traditional Western medicine of veterinarian to the holistic approach? A very good question. Well, actually, I was kind of holistically oriented before I went to vet school. 
I had studied philosophy. I had I loved animals. I went into veterinary medicine because of my love of animals, not because of my love of science or medicine. In fact, I thought that I didn't want to work with science or medicine. But anyway, I became a veterinarian and I did the regular vet stuff. And um, I worked hard, but it never really resonated. At a certain point, my dog developed autoimmune joint disease. And I wasn't happy to put her on the toxic drugs that they wanted to put her on. And my mother had cut out an article from the New York Times a couple of years prior um, about an acupuncturist that was local to me. He's written up everywhere. So I knew I didn't want to do the conventional approach. So I took her to the acupuncturist. And um, actually, the acupuncture did not help. But it got me all excited about learning about acupuncture. I, learned, I saw many, many success cases in his office. And I decided to take the acupuncture course. Once I uh, signed up for that um, board-certified course, um, I was so excited about the results that I was having and that I saw, I decided to delve more deeply and to leave conventional medicine behind and study other modalities such as homeopathy, et cetera. So in 1994, I believe it is, I started doing exclusively holistic. So since then, I've been doing only holistic. Yes. Okay. So it's, and it's fascinating. When you say uh, acupuncture, clarify something in my mind, because I was trying to wrap my head around it while I was watching uh, some of your videos. Yeah. Acupuncture, is it used specifically for pain and joint pain? or no, there it's commonly used for pain and joint pain, one of the most common things, but it's used for many things. I've treated autoimmune disease. I've treated inflammatory bowel disease, epilepsy. It can treat a whole host of things. Um, but it's, and in fact, when I started practicing it in 1993, 94, they called me a quack until the regular vet, vet magazines started doing double blind studies or whatever, and it became an accepted modality. But it's used for many, many things. It's just commonly used for pain. Yeah. Okay. Um, because obviously, even even with humans, and I, I'm finding, and and I'm probably going to keep bouncing back to humans because sure. so much of what you do. The, the whole holistic approach, because I've had some holistic people on, on the show talking in terms of, of humans and diet and, and, uh -huh. and greens. It, it's, it's almost, it sounds to me like for your pets, a lot of it is the same practice. It's I, mean, is it I mean, we're not very different. We are not very different. So what, in terms of diet, I mean, years, well, I will tell you this when I was a kid, Labs lived till 1718. When I started practicing in 1986, I had patients' dogs that lived into their late 20s. Now they're dying at 12 mostly, and the and the vets are saying that we're getting healthier and healthier. They're getting sicker and sicker. Wow. So I'm backtrack. There was a vet um in the 70s. So so basically, foods you know corporations, uh, food companies have come into a multi-billion-dollar business. So in the old days, you know, give your dog a bone. Dogs used to eat bones and scraps and raw meat them prey they're not any different from wolves and foxes and their their natural diet is rabbits and mice and birds or whatever that's their natural diet but what happened is in the 40s when the human food industry started making commercially canned foods and this and that they basically started using the food that was condemned for human consumption uh, for animals it was called the four four d's 
dead, diseased, dying, and disabled. Anything they couldn't put in the human food, they used in the dog food. Oh, my gosh. And they were getting real sick. But what happened is when, you know, the holistic movement and people came around, I mean, past 20 years maybe, they started making gourmet food. So it's kind of, you. some of them are human grade, but it's still not what they're supposed to eat. You know, I... Like when I was, I hate zoos, but I think I was in a zoo once and they used to feed like chunks of raw meat. They used to give that to the lions and the tigers. Now right. they give them eucanuba, they give them kibble. And then I'm like, they're not supposed to be eating like kibble, right? They're, and you know, another thing, this also has to do with the medicines and the vaccines that the, the domestic pets get, get. In the wilds, we don't see and squirrels and chipmunks with these chronic diseases that we ha that the dogs have ear infections and skin infections and this and that they don't have it they're you know vaccine free they're drug free they eat their natural diet now the dogs and cats are getting our diseases diabetes why why are they getting all these diseases because they're we're, they're subject to the same crap that we are we're not very different right so in general i promote as much as possible a raw meat based diet um, and there's lots of information on that in the internet. There's a lot of false information out there also. I've been doing this now for almost 30 years. My teacher had been doing it for 30 years before, and I was very skeptical. And we've been brainwashed to believe that they're supposed to eat this, you know, dry kibble or canned food or whatever. But that is not what nature intended. So, um, you know, basically, I recommend a, a, a organic, if possible, raw meat-based diet. I mean, it has to be balanced. So when people, when vets say don't give them people food, yeah, you don't want to scrape off your plate of Chinese food and give it to your dog. Right. You want to take as much care to give your animals a good, balanced, nutritious diet that they need, like we should have what we need. So it has to be balanced, and you should do it under the care of a holistic veterinarian. Or Dogs Naturally is a great magazine. There's all kinds of um, articles on how, how to feed your dog there. I highly recommend that magazine. Yeah, because you hear so much. Well, you know, a lot of times if you give a dog or a cat table scraps. I remember I used to live next door to a, a guy that his cat faithfully ate spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. He used to joke. It was the Italian cat in the neighborhood. Right. And it ate spaghetti and meatballs, and the cat was huge. Yeah, well, cats are not meant to eat spaghetti and meatballs, neither are Right. <laughs> so the thing is, they're supposed to eat like, like in the wild, we try to duplicate what's natural for them. In the wild, they eat the prey, the raw prey. The first thing they ingest is the intestinal contents, which is the chopped up grass. Let's say it's a, a rabbit. Inside, there's all kinds of vegetable matter. So they eat that. Then they eat like the adrenal glands. They eat the, the organ meat, which is really important. Then they eat the raw meat and they eat the bones for fiber and calcium and the fur for fiber as well. So that's what we try to duplicate for the diet for the animals. It's not eating certainly um, spaghetti and meatballs. Sorry, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I always say, I mean, I was growing up, I always thought that was, uh, it was yeah. kind of kind of odd, but it, it just, it, to me, it's, it's amazing that you actually uh, can make a dish for your pet of human food so, so what about like the well, greens? To do all that, I just want to say they they and it, it's so popular now. You can order it online. They sell it in pet stores, so you don't have to go to great expense or work to do this. You can buy it already made. Yeah, it's become big business. Well, you want to do our best. That you know, animal business is big business, but you want to spend your money wisely. If you feed your animal, if you eat well and your animal eats well, the less spends on medical bills. Right. That is be preventative than to, to treat disease. So so the holistic approach, um, 
I think sometimes when people hear the word holistic and, and maybe it's, you know, maybe I'm speaking for myself, right. You know, you think of spirituality, you think of meditation, you think mm -hmm. of, of yoga, right. On a, on a human point of, of a holistic healing of touch, Reiki touch. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you take a holistic approach to caring for your pets or holistic medicine, mm -hmm. okay. Are you incorporating any, any type of, and this might sound crazy, and maybe this is a ridiculous question, but I know like when you say you use acupuncture, right? Mm -hmm. What about like touch in general? Like, like when a, when a, a dog is, um, because, because they do have emotions, they do grieve, they grieve the loss of, of a loved one. Does touch come into play at all on this? Well, yeah. I mean, holistic means looking at the totality of everything. So if you have a child or an animal that's never pet and never loved, they're going to suffer. And holistic is also, like you said, the mind-body connection. So, yeah, I mean, touch and love is very important for an animal's well-being. Um, but in general, like I saw um, the difference between holistic and uh, uh, conventional. Like I saw a dog just yesterday. They drove from Brooklyn to Simeon, Connecticut. And the dog has a vomiting problem. It vomit everything it eats, but it's not. It's, it doesn't have a foreign body. It's a young dog. It's fat actually. And Western medicine just looks at the symptoms. So what they would do probably is do blood tests, do an endoscopy, do biopsies, then put it on steroids because I think it has inflammatory bowel disease. Instead, I spent two and a half hours with these people figuring out why this dog is vomiting. Turns out their dog has. It's a big samoyed. It never walked, they can't control it. So it never leaves the home. They have, the, the kids are homeschooled, there's chaos in the house. The dog is not getting the attention that it used to have. She doesn't play with it anymore. And it's just, it's stressed out. It actually went to the neighbors. They, they own a multi-level apartment building and it went to the neighbors to get away from the stress. So we talked about getting a trainer, getting the dog to go on walks to um, you know, hopefully get another aid for the, her to help her with her situation. And I work homeopathically to address the underlying, the dog has a little bit of an anxiety problem. And we know that anxiety in people, you know, you get hyper, hypertension, you get irritable bowel disease, the same thing happens here. So I work on this energetically, you could do it with acupuncture, you could do it with homeopathy to um, balance the dog's um, system. So basically the vomiting is a, is a symptom of an underlying imbalance, a mental emotional imbalance. It's not just a physical, we don't divide holistic doctors. Don't divide the body into different parts. You have a, a thumb doctor and a leg doctor and a heart right. doctor, and a bladder doctor. it's all connected. Also, I see holistic. I'm, I rarely, if ever use drugs, I use, I know, sir. I mean, some things have to, if you break a bone, it has to be surgically repaired. But most things I'm able to treat without any drugs and without any surgery. So everything natural. I work with the dogs or cats or any animals, immune system to help the body heal itself. I mean, the body is miraculous. The body, we have a cut. We don't need, we don't need antibiotics or anything to, to heal that, to suture it up. The body knows what to do. So we work with the body, not against the body. Do you find that people that come to you um, with their pets, yeah. um, are they like completely in the dark when it comes to a holistic approach? Right. I think automatically it's like, oh my gosh, my dog is sick. She's been throwing up for three days. I got I have to go to yeah. a vet and they prescribe medicine. And well, unfortunately I call myself the 11th hour vet 
because I'd say 90% of the people come to me when everything, the dog has terminal cancer and everything else has failed. And they, they're not, I would used to ask when I first started, how long have you been into holistic medicine? And, and they generally weren't. They just said, I, I love my pet. It's not getting better. And I don't know what to do. I'm frustrated. And then I thought of, oh, there's a holistic approach. Maybe there's something else that can help them. So that's the situation. And a lot of the time I'm able to help the dog or cat and bring it, get it more quality and quantity of life. But the best thing I try to train them to start from the beginning, it's not good to come to me with metastatic cancer. I mean, I can hopefully help the dog. I've cured some of them, meaning the cancer has gone away, but it's better to prevent the disease and to start with little things because Western medicine never cures anything. Basically it's, we call it suppressing or palliating palliation. For example, is when you have asthma, let's say I had asthma, you give it inhaler, inhaler, it will get better temporarily, but it gets worse and worse and worse. And then you have the side effects of the drugs. Suppression is what happened to my three generations ago to my dog. She had an ear infection. I gave her one dose of antibiotics. The ear infection went totally away. She went totally paralyzed. So it suppressed. It took that symptom and drove it deeper in the body. So Western medicine doesn't cure and it doesn't really purport to cure. It says, you know, palliation of symptoms or helps the symptoms. But with holistic medicine, you try to bring it back into balance and to cure the animal so it never has that problem again. And it's healthier. I have dogs that come to me at 12 and they're healthier at 16 than they were at 12. Yeah, well, one of the, the videos I watched or, or story I read uh, on your website was a dog that was pretty much paralyzed. And the owner had brought the dog to you and now the dog's running around and it was an older dog, but the dog's running around in the backyard and, and having the time of his life. Well, let me circle that. I do do a lot of paralysis with acupuncture, but let me circle around to that thing you talked about grief. So my dog, Annie, the, the one, uh, anyway, Annie was 14 years old. I'd gone to co uh, probably eight conferences a year, always traveled to have the same pet sitter. She loved this pet sitter. But one day I, I went to Florida and as soon as I get there, my pet sitter calls me up and says, Annie's paralyzed. Oh my God, my dog has never been paralyzed. So what happened? I said, maybe she ruptured a disc. So I told her to give a certain homeopathic remedy for ruptured disc. It didn't get better. And I said, okay, give her, I said, it has to be grief then because what else could affect the dog? She was just in the morning paralyzed. So anyway, gave the dog Ignatia, my dog Ignatia for grief. I took the next plane home. She was totally fine. This happened three times. It was the grief that triggered the, um, the paralysis. And I had another dog come to me. This happens a lot. Grief triggers a lot of problems. It happens so often when people go on a vacation and maybe even the favorite spouse goes away and the, the other one is there and the dog still gets crashes um, that the grief of them leaving causes the problem. Well, anyway, this Dalmatian I had been treating with acupuncture for a bad back um, and had been doing really well. It was like 13 or 14. The guy was out of town. The dog sitters, had, it was from the city. The dog, uh, they took us to the emergency hospital. It was quadriplegic. It could not move at all. It was there for three days. They said, put the dog to sleep. There's no hope. So they drove him to me in Connecticut. And I said, again, it must be grief. I gave it Ignatius. I spoke to the guy. He was in India. He was a um, what, an art dealer. And he, he took, I said, he said, um, you know, I'm going to take the next plane home. I said, don't do it. The dog will be fine. Anyway, he did come back. The Ignatia helped the dog, walked again. And he had said to me, how long will this last? He was thrilled his dog was fine. And I was sorry he had to come back. I said, until you take your next trip. <laughs> but wow. you're, able, you're able to give. I'm able, I learned that you can give the remedy prophylactically. We can prevent it. We can prevent the grief. So grief causes a ton of problems. I mean, I talk about the four main causes of chronic disease in dogs. 
One is over vaccination or any vaccination. Two is these flea and tick products that cause a multitude of problems. Right. You know, there is a lawsuit against Roundup, you know, causing lymphoma. Well, I found that these flea and tick uh, things cause lymphoma and other things. Third is any kind of drugs. Like I said, the antibiotics in the ear with my dog. And four is emotions. And I've lost most of all of my dogs at, at 16 and 17 to, to grief at some point. I mean, you can't prevent it. They're going to grieve. You know, the body gives out at a certain point. So those yeah. are the four main causes of disease. Well, it, it's funny that you mentioned that, and I'm glad you mentioned um, the flea and tick uh, medicines because I actually, this is crazy, I'm deathly allergic to bees, and I use an all-natural flea and tick spray mm-hmm. when, I, when I'm outside. If I'm by the pool, I spray it on a T-shirt, and it keeps the bees away. Somebody had turned me on to this stuff, and it's all natural. It's all of the scents of cinnamon and mint right. and all these different oils. Yeah, uh, that bees don't like, but but yep. it's a all natural flea and tick spray that you put on your pet. You could actually, I'm not going to say you could drink this stuff, but wh- so why why are why are not pet owners going down that road? The stuff because works. The it's vets, amazing. Because the vets promote their stuff. The pharmaceutical companies, you know, promote their toxic crap. Excuse my language, and so they believe it, that it's safe. And they say it's safe. Oh my God. The thing is I teach people, I teach my clients to trust your inner voice. I mean, most people come to me at a certain point, what the vet is telling them to do. And I'm not saying the vets don't mean well, I think they just don't, you know, they don't have critical thinking. They just, they're busy and they're overwhelmed and they just, it's easy just to believe everything that comes their way. So at a certain point, you know, if you give your child a medicine and the next day the, the child seizures, you say there's a relation, but you know, I've had people put the stuff on their dog and it has a seizure and they go to the vet and they say, this is what happened. Nothing to do with it. Cause the, you know, the, the rep said it doesn't cause these problems, but now thank God, because the internet, there are chat groups and there are people telling their experiences out there. Right. It doesn't kill everybody, but it, there is a critical point. If your dog is weak, or sick or old, you can be giving this stuff monthly for years without a problem. At a certain point, it you know it's a straw that breaks the camel's back. I mean, I, I had heard a how the flea and tick, how the pesticides got started. We actually um, created them in World War II for the kill the Japanese chemical warfare, and then after the war, we, there was no use for this anymore. So the the, the pharmaceutical companies had all these stockpiled it, and they started using it for pesticides in the forties. And then uh, that, they diluted it. It's it's to kill. I mean, it's to, it kills fleas and ticks, but in quantities larger and cumulative, it will kill your animal as well and you. Wow, that's a that's you, something to think about. That's when, cur- you pet, when your kid's pet, your dog, the stuff that stays in their their sebaceous glands for a month and more, it's absorbed into your skin when you pet it. When your kid pets it, and you're why are we getting cancer? I remember in the '60s. Was, I was watching some documentary, one out of 10 people had cancer. Now, one out of two of us are getting cancer. Why is this? Why is this? Yeah, wow. That is, it's really something to think about <clears throat> because, you know, a, a pet is an extended member of the family, right? Yeah. When when someone loses a pet, it's, it's, it's like you lost a child. It's very difficult, okay? Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes we don't, give the 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 pet credit yeah. of, of grieving oh, yeah. or or getting depression or getting anxiety. They right? have we- all the emotions that we do. I actually prescribe mostly, I spend a long time when I work up a case, 
I spend at least an hour and a half and at least half their time is getting into their mental, emotional. That predetermines what kind of disease they will have. If they're a sad dog, like my dog, well, I just rescued a dog from Russia and she was sent over um, in a crate, whatever. So she panics in certain situations. So that sets her up for certain problems. Or if they're rescued from a puppy mill, you know, they have grief inside of them and then they are more sensitive to grief. They have anger if they've been beaten, but they have all the emotions that we do, every single emotion. Yeah, it's amazing. It's fascinating. It makes you look at animals in general completely different. I mean, it, you, you view it now as what is this dog feeling? You, yeah. you know what I mean? So um, I, I want to ask you, when somebody goes on vacation, because you mentioned this gentleman who was in India. Mm -hmm. But when somebody goes on vacation, it's pretty common mm -hmm. to say, okay, we're going to board the dog for a mm -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Which, which can be pretty traumatic if the dog is home with two little kids and it doesn't know what it is to go to a, a boarding. Yeah. I do right? recommend, I mean, what I do is I have people come to my house and I pay more, I think more for my dog sitter than I pay for my hotel room. <laughs> because I want them to take care of my animal. It means everything to me. So it's very stressful. These, especially hospitals, there's sickness and death there and they sense everything and fear. I mean, some of the boarding facilities are better than others. I don't like being in cages, but I'd rather them stay like a daycare or a daycare or they sleep over another person's house. You have somebody come to your house, but they're inevitably stressed out by going to in kennels and cages. It's terrible. Yeah, that's uh, well, that's. So, so you're recommending if you have that ability yeah. to keep the dog in its environment that it knows so well. Yeah, there are places. I have clients from the city, these people upstate New York, for example, take the dogs in. They, they you know, they make sure everybody's safe. They have fenced in areas and they're having a ball at their, at the, the pet sitter's place. So there are a lot, especially now with COVID. I mean, there's not many, they're so, they're not, they're not doing that great. There's nobody's really traveling, but you know, if you find a really good pet sitter where they're having a ball, some of these dogs don't even want to come home. They're having such a great time. <laughs> right. They've made friends. I mean, I can't have a good trip knowing my dog's going to go paralyzed with grief. I mean, I, you know, it's not, a it, it, but it amazes me that a dog can actually get paralyzed from grief. You know what, what, what connected with my minds, my grandmother, when her sister died, she went paralyzed. They lived together and none of the doctors could figure out why she was paralyzed. And she ended up in a nursing home because the wheelchair couldn't fit in her home. And when I thought about how she had to spend 10 years in a nursing home when only if they knew that you can reverse the grief, how incredible that is. And that always stuck in my mind. And, and I, that's how I learned that grief can do so much. And the proof is in the pudding. There are certain homeopathic remedies that reverse grief. That's how I know that grief makes it better. I mean, I've had guinea pigs that I've treated for grief. I mean, it's crazy. They all, we all are the same. We all are the same. That is. And you know, what's amazing is like you, you said that uh, you referred to yourself as generally sometimes you're the 11th hour doctor, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, what if we, you know, I, I have a brand new kitten at home or a brand new puppy at home, right? Mm -hmm. Is aren't there things we could be doing when you first get them home as a as a puppy and as a kitten that you could care for this dog in a way that you don't need an eleventh hour doctor? Yeah, well, I mean, as I say, the best thing to do is to find yourself a holistic vet, you know, and to, it all starts in the beginning. So, by but you need you need to be uh, counseled and advised. I mean, there's so much information and misinformation on the internet. You don't know who to believe. So you want somebody trusted. And I will say going back again to dogs and actually, I'm sure there are other sources. They have um, vets from all over the country 
writing in articles and they can recommend a vet near you. So, you know, feeding the natural diet, like under the guidance, not every animal can tolerate it initially. If they can't tolerate it, then we have to find out why. I mean, we want to do minimal vaccinations. Vaccines cause a lot of the problems, just enough to prevent the deadly diseases, but not to over-vaccinate for things that are not important. You know, you can use, like you said, the natural flea and tick products rather than using the toxic stuff. You want to, you know, the dog has to be walked. I mean, I have another dog that I'm treating in Staten Island and the dog has never left the house and it has so many problems because it's so stressed out. I mean, it's a nice dog and they're nice people, but they can't control this big dog. And a dog, their natural environment is outside with their pack, being social, and you can't keep it in an apartment and to pee and poo on the balcony. You know, it's so you have to try to, you know, give the dog exercise and energy and stimulation. Um, I mean, you don't have to rule your entire, I, you know, as soon as I got my new puppy, I got her used to being alone. I didn't want, I have some people that do the opposite. They never leave their animal alone for one minute. They never go out to dinner. They never do anything. You don't want to do that. In fact, that enables that dependency. Right. So you get them used to your schedule. They can spend eight hours alone, but the time that you're with them, you want to give them quality time. You want to take them for walks. You want to play with them. You want to give them attention. Otherwise, don't get a pet. I mean, maybe it's not for you. If your schedule is so hectic, it may not be for you. That's right. And, and I mean, you know, what you're saying is obviously good for humans, diet, mm -hmm. exercise, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What we, what we're feeding our animals and our pets. Um, no less drugs as possible. Medications as possible, natural treatments, fresh air. Yeah. Now it's funny because I've recently, um, and, and because of a, a mutual friend, Amy, Guyette Hall mm -hmm. uh, was on the show and uh, she introduced me to Chlora Oxygen, which changed my life. It's it's chlorophyll and it just, it changed. And my, my viewers are probably tired of me saying it, but I just cannot believe what a difference it has made in, in my sleep. I mean, is, is, wow. do they have, oh, it's just absolutely crazy. I feel great. My energy's yeah. high. It's like, wow. wow, I didn't realize I was lacking. Yeah. Well, there's that, so many different modalities and they don't necessarily have, I have a client actually, they use that, I guess, hyperbaric chambers of oxygen for horses, I guess is really big. So I have a client that took her dog there. Um, it's very hard to find this equipment for uh, domestic small animals. So she did take this dog that I wasn't able to help its skin very much and they put it in the oxygen chamber and it did absolutely help its skin. So I don't know too much about that. There's so many different modalities, so many different ways that, you know, Amy may know about this and I know about that. But there's a whole world of healing out there. I mean, I've been studying this for 30 years and there's no, and I work seven days a week, so it's hard to keep up with everything, but I'm always learning from my clients. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Yes. No, it's, it's fascinating stuff. I have one more question for you, and, and it's because I've been seeing a lot of the ads and, and on the internet and stuff, and I'm just curious if it's legit. So CBD obviously being very big mm -hmm. with humans and the, you know, uh, people are starting to take CBD for anxiety and to mm -hmm. relax and so forth, but now they're putting CBD in, um, in dog food and, and in cat yeah, food. Yeah, I think it, it jumped the bed. Well, I, what I've seen with CBD, I was a little bit skeptical initially because everything is a cure-all. It can help with pain. It can help with anxiety. It has to do with the quality of it also. Some are better than others. I mean, the good stuff is usually a little more expensive. I personally, I doubt, I don't know, that the stuff they can put in dog food and treats is going to do very much. 
Um, I haven't found that it cures on a very deep level, but it can help with the pain and the anxiety to some extent. Like it can help with seizures. I have a number of clients that dogs have seizures and it would help initially and then it would come back again. So okay. it's kind of palliative thing. I, I totally support it if it works. It tends to stop working at a certain point, but there's nothing bad about it in my mind. So they can try it. If it works great, if not, they haven't lost very much. Yeah. Well, thank you for that information. You've given us so much information. Oh my gosh. I and and that's the whole thing is I, I'm looking for ways to to bring this type of education to our yeah. viewers because so many people, like you said, you bring your dog to the vet right away. They're they're sticking needles and and killing the pain with with uh, you know painkillers and everything else when it might not be necessary. Yeah, and it's worse for your dog. It's better. You want to build their health. How could you be healthier at 16 than you were at 12? But you can. Right, right. Well, listen, uh, thank you very much. I know you're busy. I'm going to let you get on with your day. I, I greatly appreciate you being a guest on the show and sharing this information. Where where should one start as a resource? Like if I'm a brand new pet owner and I want to look into the holistic approach of raising my pet, where well, should I start? Well, well, the dog's natural, as I said, is good. On my website, which is holisticvets.us, I have a links with reading list. There's uh, recommended reading. So I have a bunch of books there that uh, with people that I know and, and admire, and they could start reading some of those books. And, you know, those books will probably have other sources that they could recommend. But yeah, it's really important to go to a good source because otherwise you get on a trail of, of internet information that takes you in the total wrong connection. And I always said, you know, follow the money. You know, I mean, I always was skeptical of drugs. So that you, you see on the on TV, they're promoting these drugs and the side effects for animals are death and liver failure. Yeah, I mean, crazy. So, you know believe people that have nothing invested in it. I have no investment in dog food companies or anything like that. So I'm not going to promote one over right. there except for the best of your pet. Yeah. Very good advice. Dr. Marcy Follick, thank you so much for joining us here on Wake Up to the Vibe. We'll reach out to you. I'm sure there's going to be questions uh, in the group that I'll I'll take a look at after the show. And if uh, we can send anything your way, we definitely uh, will. I'm happy to help. Thank you so much for inviting me. You got it. Thank you for being a guest on the show. Have yourself a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye now. Yep. Bye-bye now. And you're waking up to the vibe. Wow. Some good information there. And uh, definitely, definitely gets you thinking about the approach that you're taking. Uh, to raise your pet, and most importantly, uh, beware of the medicines. You know, I, I'm, from what I'm gathering, the pharmaceutical companies are no different for animals than they are for humans, and uh, it becomes a money-making machine, which might not be the best health solution uh, for your pet and for your animal. So I've got some interesting news. Yes, that's right. Keith Angle is ready for Friday with his new sports show right here on Wake Up to the Vibe. So make sure you tune in Friday at 8 o'clock. TGI Sports Talk with Keith Angle. Congratulations, Keith. And we're getting ready with Brian. I'm not 100% if we're on for this Thursday with Brian. We're going to talk about it today. Uh, but we're doing a show on finance. And uh, we're going to talk to you about all types of things from managing your money to accumulating wealth. And that is going to be a weekly show with Brian Piccarillo. Uh, right here on Wake Up to the Vibe, and that's happening at 8 a.m. on Thursday. Elise Rothman is going to be uh, launching her show uh, called Yum Life Happy Hour uh, right here on Wake Up to the Vibe. There's so many good things happening. These are independent shows happening under the Wake Up to the Vibe brand, and we're doing it for you and because of you, and we're super excited to uh, 
uh, to be here and be bringing you these uh, different programs for your enjoyment. So I want to thank you for joining me here on this Monday. I want to thank my guest, uh, Dr. Marcy Follick, uh, for sharing her wisdom and her knowledge uh, when it comes to taking a holistic approach to raising your pet. I hope you found that to be valuable. Those of you who are pet owners in the room, uh, hopefully you found some some value in today's interview. We have a lot of good stuff coming your way, so make sure you keep tuning in. Like, share, follow the page, and uh, tell your friends about it because we are on a roll and great things are going to happen. You're waking up to the vibe. Have yourself an awesome Monday. And we'll see you later. Pay it forward. God bless.